Well, good morning, folks. We are gathered here today. Again, we have this visiting minister. She doesn't understand Pennsylvania Dutch. So it's interesting. It's going to be interesting. But, you know, um, we have this visiting minister with us. But our bishop said we don't take communion with her. So I think <laughs> Elam has a few words to say Come about on. that. Come on. <laughs> Good morning, Susie. Welcome to the program. <laughs> Su Su Susie uh, was um, was raised Hutterite, and um, uh, I don't know much about Hutterites. I, I I know enough about them that I was always a little fascinated about those strange cousins. But uh, maybe we'll learn some more today. Um, welcome, Susie. Thank you so much, guys. It's so good to be here. Yeah. Um, so, Hutterites don't speak Pennsylvania Dutch for those who don't know, right? Did I get that right? You got that right. We have our own language, though. It's pretty close to Pennsylvania Dutch. Is it also spoken only and not written? It is written. Um, I actually found a podcast um, where... It, they are right. They are writing down the whole New Testament in Hutterish. Um, so that's been interesting to listen to because speaking English all day at work, it really it makes you a little bit rusty. Yeah, it yeah, really so does do that. And how long ago was it that you were Hutterite? So we left. Our entire family left. Um, in 2002 and we moved to Pennsylvania right away because we had a couple relatives here. Um, Boy, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, well, it was at the time not, I mean, I do love Pennsylvania. It's it's definitely become my, my um, I feel like home here. I feel like Pennsylvania is my home. Uh, even though I love the big skies of the Midwest, Pennsylvania definitely has a place in my heart. I think more now than what South Dakota or Minnesota would have. Well, that's good. Yeah. I I'm glad we haven't, like, scarred you so badly that <laughs> you don't feel at home here. Don't hang around with Elam. He'll scar yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't. He wouldn't take communion with I, you. I, I, I'm just I saying. I learned from the best, Mary. Now come on. You can't blame me for everything. Watch me. Let, look, look. All I'm saying is not everything is my fault. She sips coffee from the girl yeah, boss. She has the best mug. So I, I have a question for you, Susie. Um, when I was a kid, I I was. Um, basically just overhearing uh, uh, some adults talking about uh, Hutterites. And they said that that um, when uh, the Hutterite youth are struggling to whatever, I, I don't know what the term is, uh, it's, it's through what we would call our room spring. And they, and they don't, they're questioning whether they, they want to join the church. Um, yeah. They have a they have like a halfway house situation agreement with with non Hutterite people where these youth get to sort of out of that pressure cooker environment of oh my god I have to make a decision and 
I'm, I'm correct that you do adult baptism or the Hutterites do adult baptism. And is, yeah. is that, is that a thing? And no. I, it's not a thing. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Well, there goes that romanticization. <laughs> there goes that myth. Um, these kids, these kids, they're called Vic Glauven. Um, my dad was actually a Vic Glauven. He, um, they leave when they're usually 17, 18, 19. They'll, they'll like grab a bike if they can find one um, or somehow arrange a pickup a mile off the colony um, in the middle of the night, jump in a car with someone they know from the outside and have to make it on their own from that point forward. Oh, and usually it, it's 50 50 it, it it can go really really bad or it can really go well um in canada it seems like the the hutterite young people in canada who who do the the running away is english um they have an easier go at it um and i want to say that's because of the canadian social net that they have versus the American lack of social resources. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of my relatives have left, have not been able to make it on the outside, have really made some tough choices that ended up being bad choices and have had to go back. So here's a question. Can you translate that word Vic? Vic Is that what you said? Oh, Vic Vic uh, it's, it's Run away. It's, so, it's, it's so, very similar to Opgangeni. So, uh, missing Fatsprunga, like, that's all, like, the same thing. It's like, we're all apostates, right? Typically, basically. Yeah. We're runaways. We um, don't follow the faith etc cetera, etc cetera. but damn like why we got to be serious already i wasn't done <laughs> we still have a church business to discuss elam <laughs> you just want to get rid of Susie. that's what you want to do <laughs> no i just want to talk about church business real quick <laughs> all right because right. last i heard elam was never repentant about doing women's work <laughs> so I, I made my wife breakfast or some shit like oh, a, no. a week a week or two ago and she wants to hold it against me and no you know what elam uh real real men godly men don't do stuff like that <laughs> men she told you <laughs> <laughs> she gonna let you know hey and one more thing i feel like i might be put in the bond today because look at these <laughs> wow what's what's wow oh you and yourself no oh no because i was really impressed with like your steady hand <laughs> <laughs> no no we didn't learn that in amish school <laughs> yeah i mean i have some repenting to do too because i still i still wear earrings guys oh um, let me I, see i'm not wearing them now but i've pierced Whoa. ears and i've been told that that'll send me straight straight to the bottom um, does that mean that my navel piercing is also need <laughs> repentance <laughs> well, see, what about the six tattoos i have yep 
see, we, I can I can bring this to, to real time real fast, Susie. I, I, I don't feel comfortable with you going to college or whatever that studying business you're doing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got so much grief for going to high school. You have no idea. Like, every day I would leave the co-op, the homeschool co-op, and my aunt would spot me sometimes and be like, you should be at home cleaning the floors. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Oh, wait, Elam, what was that phrase they used to say about education when they didn't want us to go? Um, there was a phrase. Anybody know what that phrase was? There were a few. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a, um, it, a um, blank, it's, it's It's right there at the edge of my fucking See, head. the reason I don't know it is I was always a good little Amish guy. And that's why <laughs> it was never used on me. See, and I was always, always the bad one. Let me tell you something. Oh, well, there is nothing, nothing like being an Amish girl and deciding that yeah, you're 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 gonna go experience some things or do some things. Like for example, I had a friend that would take me to the library once a month to replenish my secret stash of books. Oh my god! Did you? I wasn't I supposed. I got into huh? so much trouble for reading Mark Twain. <laughs> Twain, are you serious? Was see. I, I actually think the source of my, my whole trajectory of leaving was because as a pre-adolescent child, I read the unabridged version of Mark Twain at, at our little one-room school. And, and the only reason it was there is because the school, the, the plain community took over the school from the public school system. And so there was some meager library books there the that that hadn't been, you know, vetted yet. <laughs> oh my! Gotta glue those pages together, Elon. <laughs> glue the pages together. Well, and and we have a question from one of our listeners. Tattoos. Is it a way to ensure you never go back? Feel yeah. free to ignore. I know it's an intense question. Well, if you wanted to go back after you got tattoos, you'd have to have them medically removed in order to go back. However, comma plus, that's not why I have tattoos. I have a tattoo. My very first tattoo was in memory of my two brothers that passed away. Um, they both were really young. Um, Daniel had um, a cyst on his brain and he had grand mal seizures for the entirety of the time that I knew him. And Andy had spinal meningitis when he was a baby and he drowned in the bathtub. And he also, he was only 28 years old. Um, so I got a tattoo in memory of them. It was one of the most wonderful things I ever did. And then I decided I liked that. And then I got a tattoo for my kid. And then I got a tattoo for my kid, uh, for my sister. And then I got three tattoos for myself. Two of which people are pretty intensely familiar with. I don't know if I can show you. Oh, wrong way. I don't know where the camera is today. It's it says shunning, no regrets. No, shunned, shunned. I am shunned. Hashtag shunned. Hashtag no regrets. 
And then the other one is, I don't know if I can show you that. Can well, I? Tell, tell what the, the other one is a picture of a, of a covering that's on fire. What? I burned my damn covering. Best riddance <laughs> ever. I'm going to see that. You should, you should say, come on, show it to her. Oh my gosh. See, look, I can't, I, I don't know how. Your arm doesn't, you're okay. That's, that is so cool. <laughs> wow. All right. Because I burned my, my black church cap, burned it to smithereens. It was great. The ashes rested well. <laughs> I think it was God's will, people. I think it was. The good man Otherwise, it wouldn't have burned up, you know? Right. Right. See, I see there's some familiarity with, uh, with scripture coming into play here. Things burning that don't burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've often wondered if it was God's will that my covering burned so easily, but I think it was. If there is a God, it was God's will. I'm just saying. So, uh, not to put you on the spot, Susie, but how how's your how's your uh, how would you identify in in terms of faith now? Do are you? Uh, are you still uh, a believer, or um, is and and if that's you're not comfortable answering, that's oh, okay. No, it's fine. Tell him next. Tell him he's uh, crying. A believer, a believer in what? I am a believer in, and I don't know something. Uh, I'm weird as weird as hell, Elam. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I obviously I was raised. Christian, how to you know, and I really tried so hard. Um, so I read my Bible, like cover to cover, like a dozen times. Um, I really, after I, after I left the church, I became incredibly angry, which I'm sure you're, you know, the feeling. Nobody just gets angry when they leave <laughs> a cult. I, <laughs> And that I and and I was so resentful about how I was denied an education. I was denied an opportunity. I was raised to get married to a to a man who I, I was supposed to serve. You know all that bullshit. Um, hold, hold, so hold on. Let me interject I, here. You were raised to serve a man. Yeah. How, that's, how far that's, did that that being a, a submissive servant to your man go? Was I it mean, was it like did you involved. were you allowed to consent or not to consent to sex? God that's damn, a, that's, God that's damn Mary, that's that's crazy. off limits. Say say Okay, what I'm what I've come to realize about that, it's not just ex heterites who Want some kind coffee? Of, I would love that coffee. It's as dark uh, as my soul. I mean, when you when you tell women that they have to submit no matter what, and it's your fault if your spouse is being abusive, it's your fault because A, you're not submissive enough, B, you're not praying for him enough, and you're not respecting him. That is it's perfect for abuse. Might as well go in a hundred, a whole full nine yards and throw in the whole, your, it's your fault that you're being abused because you're dressing yeah. like a Jezebel that included. No, it's more, it's more of you're not being um, submissive and respectful enough. <laughs> that 
that's the line I got a lot. You're not praying enough. You're not respectful enough. Men need respect. Um, and then they'll love you better. Um, right. Yeah. Because but, but that's, that's, that's how that works. Yeah. But my belief system really, um, I think I, I wouldn't say I've come full circle because I don't consider the Bible to be the living word of God anymore. Um, but I do recognize there are some really useful lessons, especially in the Old Testament with the prophets. I um, A lot of the lament, lamentations and with Jeremiah, Isaiah, Hosea, all of those prophets, I really have come to love because they have such a message about social justice and serving the poor and serving orphans. And I really identify with that because I've been, I've been in some pretty bad places. Um, yeah. So I, I respect people who, who still believe um, to each their own. What I don't put up with is using the Bible to, to beat people with. And I don't think anybody should. Yeah. Here, here. Um, so I have another quote from the Old Testament. How about, uh, I think it's from the Old Testament. How about an eye for an eye? Or, no. <laughs> no, it's not useful. <laughs> no, it's not useful. <laughs> what about, hold up. It's like, so obviously, most of our viewers know that I am considered a lesbian by society standards. So, what about that verse that they always talk about the homosexuals and how we're abominations and all no. of that? And, 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 I, I just want to ask about the verse where where it talks about you shouldn't be eating seafood. Like, <laughs> like, do people comply with that? What about like you shouldn't be um, wearing clothing made out of two different threads of fabric? Like, do you follow that? This woman knows her scripture. Let me tell yeah. you. I mean, I read the Bible twice, cover to cover. Yeah. Before I was fourteen. <laughs> This problem I run into a lot when I used to hang out with ex-Hutterites is they would attack me for having my hair down or for having earrings or wearing jeans instead of a, a maxi skirt or what have you. And uh, my my reply would be, okay, um, the Bible also says this, this, and this. You follow that. No. So what about... You, you pick what you follow, and I will too. It's a <laughs> into a lot of trouble too. What about the verse where it says if a man harms a child, then um, it would be better that there would be a millstone hung from his neck and he would be thrown into a pond. What about that? Yeah, yeah um, I love that verse. I love that verse. I I don't I don't know. I'm really conflicted about about Jesus the man in general. He said some pretty pretty awful things about outsiders and on the other hand he he was disruptive to the economic and and social structure of his time um but he he said some really bad things right like yeah do, do you want to do, do you want to enlighten us with those things not all of us are bible scholars i'm not a bible scholar i've read the bible a lot um, no. well i just this one story that comes to mind just is this one woman who was a Gentile, she wanted um, she wanted to be healed. Um, and he said, I, I don't, basically, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, I, I don't heal Gentiles. I'm here to serve the Jews. That's yep. racist. 
That's extremely um, racist. Racist. And, and, and she kept begging. She kept begging, and she said, "He went in here." Dogs, she said, "Even the dogs get crumbs." And and he was like, "Well, you got a point. I'll heal you." Uh, and, I, <laughs> but, and I know it's not true. I know it's not. It didn't actually happen. But that type of rhetoric that really bothers me. What about the people that believe that? Um, what what is his name? I can't say the English word, but like the the brother, the where black people come from and where people of color come from would be the verse in the Bible. What about that one? Uh, we should make Elam go do his own damn research. How yeah. about that? Get yeah, Elam, Bible. go go get your Bible and start researching this. Get your Bible. I'm happy to change the subject here. <laughs> okay, so. Here we have a, if you come visit, we can get a tattoo together. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. We, we should all go get tattoos. That means you're going to have to come to Pennsylvania. Mary. I'm planning on it someday. I'm going to come to Pennsylvania. It's great. It's great. Uh, well, I mean, you know, when I come to Pennsylvania, I'm going to go visit my biological parents' graves as a, um, we're going to have a come. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on. <laughs> it's um yeah. What are, what, Liberating, what are, huh? What are we missing out here? Surely there's some good questions from the the viewers. We can clean some men from some churches with some millstones. <laughs> God, I yeah, I thought I have. There. Yeah, that's, that's a whole. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's so, like a. Um, so uh, we 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 can talk in a, a a little bit different language about it. Um, there's a a bishop been charged with uh, you know child molestation. And my quest, you know, what I want to know is whether the district attorney is going to have the whatever you want to call it to to lock a, an Amish bishop up here in Lancaster County. You mean the cojones, the, the balls? The, 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 I want to know if the bookies are taking bets on it. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny, Sorry. but 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 you're a, well, you're a po political activist, Susie. Um, what, what do you think? I don't know anything about it, Elam. I... Um, I mean, I, I'm a political organizer and I, I, you know, I've, I'm spending my life, I've resolved to spend my life to make this world a better place than when I found it. Um, and to make sure that um, everybody gets to have the same opportunities, not just people with power and people with money. Um, and I'm always hopeful that people will do the right thing and that public pressure will be enough to bring results for victims. But I mean, you and I, we both know that poor people lose, victims oh. lose. Oh, and let me interject here. Oh, so, wow. They let me interject. Yes, they already let him out on bail. But let me interject here. So in 2004, when um, I reported my abuse in Wisconsin, there were three other abusers that were 
sent over to the state of Pennsylvania. And the state of Pennsylvania dicked around on it and did nothing practically until like 10 years later when the statute of limitations ran out in my case. So let's talk about how like that's been that was 17 years ago. Today it is that the state of Pennsylvania is actually fucking charging them. I mean, like that's a that's a big difference, but still it it's like for me it gives me hope that someday some of these things will be changed. In the same token, like this whole letting him out on bail, like are you kidding me? And also like the reports that we hear are that, you know, neighboring bishops knew about this and did nothing. And mm-hmm. so when are they going to hold those bishops accountable? Because to me, everybody that sits there and listens to this and knows that and isn't that bishop's church like, how is he even still a bishop? And not to mention, we're having this conversation, but who is talking about these victims? Who has, let, let me give to you the, the quote from Judge Rossborough in one of my hearings, he said, how many of you have actually sat there and had compassion for the victim in this case? And the day he said this, there were four busloads of Amish people in the goddamn courtroom supporting the rapist. Yep. They were, and, and that's something like, how much has that really changed? Where is the the outrage for these victims? Where is the, like, justice for them? And how do you call it justice if they're just set free and they're, like, free to do it again? There's no real consequences. Um, I mean, I... I do um, see this the same exact situation play out, not just in, in Amish churches. It's also happening like at the charity churches. It happens in mainstream evangelical American churches. It happens everywhere. And when people do speak out, um, not only are they attacked, um, yep. it's, it's completely nine times out of 10, the perpetrator is defended and mm-hmm. supported and prayed mm-hmm. for and mm-hmm. given counseling. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I honestly don't know what to do about that. I know there's some really great people who are working on that, but then again, they're being attacked for it. Right. And not to mention, like, some of the churches will, in the communities, like, they will literally attack attack the victims that do speak out. And, yeah. like, I'm known as forever, and this I'm unrepentant for, like, for <laughs> reals. I will never be repentant. Thank you. But I'm known as forever for, quote, tearing my family apart and tearing my community apart and shedding a bad light on the community and well you know it's just her she's just got some mental problems you know or or she just dresses like the english people shoot really that's what you have to say where is your compassion you have all this compassion for people that are predators and are preying on your children where is this compassion for the people that are the victims of those predators? I don't think you'll find that. 
I don't think that um, with with the church being the church it is today, with it being protecting the powerful, protecting men, um, you we're not going to see justice within the church. Um, and I mean, I know some people stay and fight and like work to change that. But for me, when I experienced that, I I started my mental health declined so badly. I was having panic attacks every Sunday morning at church. Um, and I was told the same things, Mary. Oh, you're tearing your family apart. Um, you aren't strong enough. You're not praying enough. You just need to submit as a woman. Um, and I just said, no, I'm leaving. I don't need this. It so, was either that or my life, right? It was either that or my life. Well, I firmly believe that I would be dead had I stayed in the community. Yeah, me too. I would have killed myself. I would have not been able to survive. I already tried to kill myself as a teenager in the Amish community. It's not okay. The the horrors that they put these children through, all for the guise of like protecting these predators, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's all about, like, one, like, we're trying to reclaim some of the narrative surrounding our communities. Um, but part of the issue is, is that, like, even in this Amish bishop and his son being arrested, like, I haven't seen any mainstream media. I've seen local newspapers bring it up. At the end of the day they don't give the same coverage to Amish issues or even I've never seen much about Hutterites either or Mennonites, for example, or even the charity churches. Like I haven't seen that in like mainstream media. Like if this was not an Amish bishop and his son and it was in the Catholic church, that would probably, you know, be more widespread. Yeah. I wonder why that is because the Hutterites have really skated um, by without really being seen and they have some they have some problems and um I don't see the um the sexual abuse in Hutterite churches I don't you don't really hear about it I that's not to say it doesn't occur but it is not as prevalent as it is um in some other circles and I think one reason is because um there's nothing private in Hutterite colonies. Um, you, you are allowed to go anywhere you want to. So you don't lock your doors. Somebody can walk in at any time to your house without, they don't knock either. They just come in and you're like, well, hey, come have some tea or what have you. Um, But what if I don't want tea? (laughs) Unconscious people don't want tea. You can have coffee. (laughs) So, Susie, could I... There's physical abuse. I mean, anybody can beat anybody's kid. Oh, my God. I got spanked every single day um, of my life several times because I was late all the time. (laughs) Oh, my so you, what you're saying I was late is, for every meal. I never learned. I never learned. I was late for three meals a day. I had to kneel next to the door. 
um, during prayer. And then after the meal, I would get my spanking and I'd be like, great, I'm going to go play now, I guess. <laughs> wow. So, Susie, w- would you be willing to talk a little bit about uh, you? Uh, I'm not sure how you phrased it. Like you, you said that you would have um, not survived had you stayed. Right. What, uh, could, in terms of like giving our our listeners some, you know, who are in similar circumstances, what were the sources of strength and help that you found uh, uh, on on your once you decided, okay, I need to get out? What did that journey look like? It was, it was a three-part journey because um, when I was about 12, 11 or 12, I think, I decided that I wanted to have an education. I wasn't going to just be living in a colony, die in a colony. I wanted an education. I wanted to do stuff in the outside world. And I made a decision that I was going to leave when I turned 18. Um, so Vic Glaub, <laughs> that was going to be me. Um, but I really, I, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know who to talk. I didn't have anybody to talk to. You really don't. And I was being abused um, emotionally and physically by my, um, by family members on a daily basis. And I really had nobody to talk to about that. And I um, became suicidal, I think from the time I was 12, I, I would hear about people getting hit by a truck, or uh, falling off a bridge. And, and 12 year old me was like that, that could work, that could work. Um, but then, we do, yeah, well, it, it's it was hell it was hell for and i'm sure i know i'm not the only kid to have gone through that in a colony um i got into a lot of trouble for being too vocal and for, <laughs> for sticking up for my friends um my friends would get punished and i would stick up for them and i got into trouble for being it's called which means you don't know when to shut your mouth <laughs> And be respectful. Um, so, so you have a big mouth, huh? Yep. <laughs> That's what they say. Uh, no. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we moved to Pennsylvania when I was 14. And I thought that was my, you know, that was my salvation. I thought, yes, we're finally off the colony. I can go to school. I can be on the outside. Mind you, I barely knew how to interact with, I couldn't even order a pretzel at Annie Ann's. I was scared to death. Um, Wow. Yeah, my mom made me learn how to order a pretzel. She's like, here's the money. You go get it yourself. I was 14. I could could barely do it. But then we ended up at the, um, the charity churches, which was even worse, I think, for me and my sisters. Um. And I really tried so hard to fit in and I, and I eventually succumbed to like the brainwashing and the pressure. And I like, I thought the right thing to do was if I would just get saved, then all my problems would go away and people would stop abusing me. Um, And so I did that and I got baptized and I thought this was going to work out. Now I'm going to be 
it's, it's going to be fine. My, my uh, family's going to accept me. Um, that didn't work out. And I ended up um, being pressured into marrying a man that I did not love. Um, my parents, my parents forced my, um, so at charity, you're not allowed to date without approval from the ministry and the families. And I liked this guy and he liked me and we really were best friends before we even ever liked each other. And, um, we wanted to be together, you know, when our late teens, you know, plain people get married really young. And we thought, well, you know, in the next year or so we'll, we'll hopefully get married. And my parents told us we couldn't talk to each other ever again. And we thought we were doing the right thing. And we said, okay, um, this is God's will. And then my parents wanted me to marry this other guy. So I did that. And I was raised to do that, right? You're raised, you know, the, the Bible says wives are supposed to submit to their husbands and serve their husbands and make sure he has a great life. And I, I tried so damn hard to make it work. And it was awful. It was absolutely awful. He, um, like two weeks after we were married, he started uh, physically abusing me. Um, and jerking me around and screaming at me. And um, I told my family and they were like, well, too bad. Now you're married. And I was like, yeah, too bad. Now I'm married. Um, I guess I should read books about how to be a better wife. So I did that. What books did you read? Oh, I don't even remember. Okay. Some, some bullshit about how it's your fault when your husband asks you. <laughs> Um, this sounds like so familiar. I feel like I can relate to this. Are you sure yeah, it wasn't it, Amish? Like for reals? Yeah, I was. And that, you know, the physical abuse stopped. The, um, as long as I, you know, was an obedient, good little wife, um, it, it worked out. But then one day I, I had, it had been two years of crippling depression and I had plans to end my life. And I had written a will to leave my kids to my sister. And I was like, I, this, this, is, this is bad. Um, I need help. My family wouldn't help me. Uh, they said if I left, I would go to hell. Um, and so I decided the best thing would be to just end my life because they told me that God never forgives divorce and I will go to hell. And I believed it. And the only thing that saved my life was um, a volunteer at a woman's shelter told me they have a spot for me and my kids. And I left. I snuck out with trash bags and my kids and and said goodbye i'm never coming back and i wow yeah That's that was incredibly fucking moving and powerful like good for you i'm so glad you got out of that yeah she That's... saved my life this volunteer saved my life yep i definitely believe that that is 
I, I think there may be some listeners that, because you never know who's listening to this. And there are some, like, if you're in a situation like that, there is help somewhere. Yeah. There are people who will help you. And that's like really important. Yeah. And don't, and if your family won't help you and if your friends won't help you keep looking because my family stopped talking to me after that. Um, but you know, you, you sometimes have to pick a new family and, and there are people out there who will love you and and who think you are a great person and who will support you more than your family ever would. This is true. I will definitely agree with, I have to agree with that. That is very true. And at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of people that have said like the blood of the covenant is, and, and the thing is, is that what they don't understand is like, if you research the origins of that, the original saying was actually the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. When you have family that chooses you, that family has a stronger bond with you than for example, the people like for for example, like my um, one of the ladies who helped me out, um, you know, she had a stronger bond with me than my biological mother ever did, ever. Yeah. And and that's just an example of like that. Actually, I believe that to be true. But yeah, we have some comments to talk about. I've gotten told how horrible I am because I won't forgive and forget. Stop attacking a man of good. Good is God. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? Well, of course, if you say anything about any of the abuse, you know, you're automatically. Yes, we are expected in plain culture to just move on and shut up. Let's sweep everything under the rug and pretend it didn't happen because if we pretend it didn't happen, it never happened. Yeah, we're not going to do that. No. I, just, I, You know, you have a mug that says girl boss. I need one that says no thanks. Uh, <laughs> when people say stuff like this, I can just sip my coffee and no thanks. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I have. I have a shirt that says shunning kills. We will not be silent. Prosecution is not persecution. Plain people are not above the law. Right. Right. Thank um, you. That's something that I think Christians in general don't understand um, is that there have to be consequences and there has to be some sort of repentance before there can ever be any sort of reconciliation. And even with consequences and repentance, there might not be reconciliation. And that's okay too. I mean, you, you're not owed, you're not owed a relationship with somebody just because you apologize for something and paid for it. Huh, right. Um, here's another one. I think you might have a fellow charity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We've we've met yes. online. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and here's a book series, Godly Home oh, Series. No. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> we never want to hear about that ever again, okay, Chris? We're done. <laughs> Cut it off. No to God's to the throat. 
Danny Kennison. Wow. And most all twos, if you guys are familiar. We 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 know he's we've, dead. <laughs> we've heard a few things. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on? Yes. They don't want to be attacked and do better. I'm not going to shut up anymore. I mean, I think a lot of us here like kind of feel that sentiment like don't it, it's not an attack. Speaking the truth. You want to talk about Bible verses? Let's talk about the one that says the truth will set you free. Let's talk yeah. about that. Like that one. <laughs> Let's talk about that, people. Come on. The truth will set you free. Thank you. It will give you freedom. So when people sit there and they speak their truth, I want them to think about how their truth will set them free. But yeah, no, I think they need to do better. I think that um, personally for me, have I seen differences since like 17 years ago? Yes. But is it enough? No. That's that's where I'm at. What do you mm -hmm. think? Elam? Me? Both of you. Um, I, I, there was a, a, a bishop, actually, just in the last couple years who was charged uh, for um, he, he, he would be a mandatory reporter and he didn't. And somebody in the Amish community uh, reported him to the police and he was charged. And, and of course, he, he, he was never jailed, but, but uh, he was charged. And I, I'm not sure what the what the charges were you know he violated he, he's a mandatory reporter uh so that uh the the big thing there is that um amish people old order compliant amish people went to the police and said hey the bishop did not report this and and the police acted on it and i'm not you know i'm not sure what the settlement was but but that's that's new that takes a lot of courage from the inside to to go after a bishop, and it's also a new kind of charge. It's not—it's not like the earlier case we were talking about, where the bishop was a perp. This was the bishop was a mandatory reporter and didn't comply, and there—I don't think it was his parishioners, but somebody in the community reported him. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I don't want to paint roses here at all, but that's different. That's new. And it's, and it's hopeful. Do you think that's because people weren't aware of this mandatory reporting law before? Because I know, I remember when Charity had some um, sexual abuse scandal that came out. Um, they, they reported it because of that, because they knew if they didn't report it, they would be held accountable by the prosecutor. Do you think people are becoming aware of the law and that's why they're reporting it? Or do you think people have had enough and they're speaking up or both? I think, I think it's more than likely a combination of both. But I also think that when you start talking about it, it's like, you know, 
I don't know about like Hutterite background, but I can tell you from like an Amish background, like at the end of the day, like there's this whole separation. They hold themselves separate. They even have a word for the non-Amish community, like they call them English and, you know, you know, and, and they kind of teach their children that like, you know, anything that the law wants you to do is against our religious freedom. Like they have that blanket of like, it's against my religious freedom, so you don't have to do it. Yeah, Hutterites don't have that. Um, Hutterites <laughs> are really weird at that they revere uh, police officers and the military. And I don't understand it because um, they are quite literally communists and they are non-resistant. They are pacifists. They were tortured to death and killed during World War One for being non-resistors. Um, so I don't understand why they just think cops are so great and the military is so great. I don't get it. <laughs> that makes um, like literally no sense it at all. Doesn't make any sense? It really well, doesn't. These I, I, one of these things does not belong with the other. I, I can speak to that a little bit. In the class really? that I was part of at Franklin Marshall College, um, we talked about that. And there's a very there's a you there's a moment in history when that flip happened, and it was manipulation from the outside. And and I I, I talk about how the the Amish are not in charge of their own story, and that's because. Um, outsiders figured out that that the Amish don't speak for themselves and so they can speak for them and so they get used in completely outrageous insane ways you know there's uh, David Weaver Zerker wrote about this how um, the Amish were characterized in a, in a certain way in a major newspaper in regards to a certain issue and they were they were they were called patriots and 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 yet they didn't serve in the military <laughs> there's all these it's complete fabricated. No, they didn't freaking do anything no, in the military like it's completely fabricated bullshit and 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 yet it becomes accepted and 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 uh it it sounds like the hutterites uh are were a part of that narrative and, and and bought into it that oh we're we're patriots and and i don't i think it has more to do with their their um they revere authoritarian figures because yeah. so for example their their uh, minister their bladega he is chosen by lots yeah and if he Sam. turns out if he turns out to be a really, really bad person, they're like, well, it's God's will. Um, yeah, we know all about that. They can't remove him and they think they have to obey. They have, And you have to ask permission for everything. And so I think that that um, socialize, socialization of, of, of submitting to authority and revering authority plays into their respect for you know the police officers um but i mean i remember as a kid just we were obsessed with cops we were um 
I painted my, I found nail polish one time when I was like four or five. I found nail, this really nasty metallic. Mary, it was awful. It was so awful. It was ugly and it was old. And I thought that was great. I painted it on. I was like, look at my nails to my babysitter and her friend. And they immediately were like, you can't have nail polish. We're calling the cops. And I thought they, I thought it was real. I was, I was sobbing. I thought I was going to go to jail. Um, but they thought this was really funny. Oh, you want to hear a funny story for me? Yeah. <laughs> so um, we had an Amish neighbor at one point in time for maybe about two years who um, would have like a dump truck come and like dump trash in the dump every week. And like I was the child who would go and dig through the dump and find things to play with and hide that I wasn't supposed to have. Nice. Like the broken Barbies. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like what we would do is we would hide them in the cornfield or in the woods because it was Mm -hmm. me and another girl. And I can't say her name because she's still in the community. And you never know. She might still have to repent or you know. <laughs> we were allowed to have Barbie dolls. We um, were not. Yeah, we had so many, and we had our own homemade Hutterite furniture for from the Barbies too, with wow. mat- matching upholstery with with whatever couch my mom had upholst- upholstered that year. Wow. Um. Yeah, we had we had all the because Hutterite women would like be allowed to go um uh, to yard sales every every couple months in the summertime um you know for fun and they would they would buy stuff for us so wow no no i i don't know if you've seen my facebook page but there's actually like pictures of an amish doll there a few of them they're a little bit rebellious (laughs) (laughs) they're they're a little tiny smidget of rebellious okay um but anyways, we do have another comment. Um, I think it's kind of funny. It says, I hear Moe's and Danny's graves are non-gendered bathrooms for legal reasons. I'm in no way supporting pissing on graves. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a statement. No, we don't support that. Well, I, I have a story about... Uh police and integrating themselves and the Amish intentionally using it. I had a a nephew who actually charity people (laughs) were trying to help him out, out of the community and uh, him and his wife went to some, some, you know, Amish playing community quasi mental health program for, for a weekend uh, because, of course, if you're considering leaving, it's just enormous amounts of stress. And so their response is to send them to these places, which is just crazy abusive. But he decided, good little my blood, he decided that he doesn't need to be there and and left. And his wife stayed. And it's, you know, it, it's so obvious. These are just propaganda sessions is what they are but he left and he went to his his one of his siblings homes to pick up their children and 
his siblings, his sibling wouldn't give him his own kids back and literally called the cops on him. And I don't, I, I wish I knew more. I don't know more. Did the cops, I think the cops showed up, but whose side did they take? And, and, and the nature of what we know about this relationship is the cops probably sided with the, the, the brother who wouldn't give, you know, his brother, you know, the father, his own children back. And, and the sad part of this is, well, at least Charity didn't get their hooks into him, but I think he's still old order compliant. Wow. Well, but, he, but it's that relationship, that, that willingness to call the cop, that's calling the United States government to help enforce your religious, you know, views. Well, see, like another thing that happened like that very first year um, in the first couple of years until like, I moved away and, and I had lived away. And I actually, yeah, um, is that like the community that I left from, like they would call the cops and say that I was doing all this stuff that I literally was never, it was never even physically possible for me to be doing it. And so like after like there was questionings being done, as to like my whereabouts and I continually had to prove my whereabouts to prove that I wasn't doing what they said I was doing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I just said, you know what, this is a battle I'm not having. You can't do this to me. And I moved away. And even after I moved away, like it was still going on. That went on for years. Every bad thing that happened in the community was my fault. And they right. were called the bad influence. Of course. Yeah. I ah. Well, and we're almost out of time. Do we have any parting thoughts? Because um, this is our last episode for a while. We're not going to be back next Sunday. We should promote uh, the Plain People's podcast. Oh, yeah. That's coming out soon. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. I think it's in April. Have you seen that? I mean, I have listened to it before. I, I used to listen all the time last year. It's been too crazy to catch up on any podcasts whatsoever these days. I, I just want to say to to both of you, but to Susie, you, you to, to to us, and I think you know many people. You your story is 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 a is a victory and and i did i didn't know the that some of the harrowing details and thanks for sharing that with us yep thank but, you so um, much um you you seem like such a functional adult and and <laughs> <laughs> we, we we need we need we need those <laughs> so thank Come you on. for the for the for the role model you are for for our our viewers and and, um, and 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 just for uh for me i'm so happy to that you're you made this journey and you're willing to talk about it and yeah of course i'm i'm thankful to be able to share because i needed somebody i needed hope when i was when i was young and i i really would have appreciated somebody saying it does get better you're not the person that people say you are and it gets better and so if i can be helpful that way if 
if anyone is listening, um, it will get better. It can. And you can have a normal life. <laughs> uh, what does normal mean? Nobody knows. We um, don't know. But you can live beyond this, this just crippling depression and the feeling that you aren't good enough. You and can, you can step past that. And another thing is, is if you're in a um, relationship, like you were talking, Susie shared about her her marriage and how it was very abusive and physically abusive. Um, if you're in a relationship like that, don't give up hope. You can get out. Mm-hmm. You can. I you believe can. you can. Um, and we have another comment. We have a question. Where will I get church next Sunday? Well, I guess we could have a Dino Fasamling. <laughs> and to, trans- to translate that, that is. Um, I know that word. Um, how do you translate that, Susie? Min- Go ahead. A fellowship. A fellowship. Fellowship yeah. of the ministers. Together, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Chris can be ordained by Lot and we can have a <laughs> yeah. fellowship. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I. I- I support that. Yes. Aww. <laughs> Susie, you are welcome to be part of my family. Thank you, Chris. Aww. Aww. And on that note, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting this show. Um, I really couldn't do it without all of you. Um, it's been really interesting and a time for growth and a time for Um, kind of creating a community that comes together and helps each other. And I appreciate you and I'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Nice meeting everyone.